0: One of the issues today that people are struggling with is the work-life balance. We live in an age and a time, especially in our industrial western civilization in the cities, where everybody seems to be time poor. Even people who are rich, especially people who are rich, seem to to be racing all the time. We don't have time for ourselves, we don't have time to do the things that we want to do. It means that we have to make choices choices about what's the important thing in our life, whether it's work or whether it's family. And the struggle of young families with two incomes, two people working, but how how can we look after our family with the need for two incomes to be able to afford the basics of life? I mean it's the problem that we see reflected on the the deathbed meme, namely I at that point in time, there's no one who says, I wish I spent more time at the office. Of course we don't, because we want to spend time with our family, we want to spend our time improving life, improving the quality of life, enjoying the, the fruit of our labours, but, but how do we do this? The workaholic and the person on the street who's not working at all. How do you get from one to the other? It's not a single choice, but the results of many, many decisions, little decisions. I choose to rise in my career, but to do that I have to sacrifice activities that I enjoy. I have to actually sacrifice some of the relationships that I have, we just don't have as much time for each other. Or <laughs> I choose to drop out, and but when I drop out I have to sacrifice the money that would enable me to enjoy the activities, to, to have the little treats that make life so so well so important, so valuable, so enjoyable. Welcome to this podcast from Two Ways Ministries. I'm Philip Jensen. Today I want to take us to the Bible solution to the work-life balance, it's found in the Ten Commandments. In the fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. For many people, this this commandment is the hardest commandment to keep. Other commandments, well, they seem to make sense. The, uh, The commandments about God and not having any other gods or misrepresenting God with idols, that makes sense. And the moral ones about not committing murder or adultery or theft, uh, they make sense. But why, why do I have to keep a Sabbath day? What's, what's behind it and, and how do you do it? So let me, let me ask you two questions and try to answer these two questions. That is, how can you keep one day holy? How can you keep the Sabbath day? And the second question is, Why? Why should you keep one day holy? I'll start with a how question and then we'll move to the why question in a little while. But the how question, how can you, especially in the business, busyness of today's economy, especially if you're running your own business or if you're in that kind of job where your emails come at any time, day or night, how can you actually take a day off, 24 hours off every seven days? Well, look back at the commandment. Well, let, let's take it slowly, bit by bit. It says, remember, or observe, or keep watch on the Sabbath. That is, the commandment's not a new commandment. It, it's it's given in creation, in a sense. That The Ten Commandments given to Moses, etc., is reflecting that which comes from the creation itself and what we've got to do is remember that which god has set up and we've got to remember the sabbath day now the word sabbath just means the rest day that the day when you cease what you are doing and rest and refresh and enjoy yourselves in the day without any of the obligations of work and what we're going to do is to keep it holy that is To hallow it. Hallow is a funny word, isn't it? We only use it in the Lord's Prayer. I'm not sure it's used anywhere else nowadays. It means to make holy. But what does does holiness mean? What does it mean to make something holy? It's not to keep it religious. That is, the commandment is not saying you must go to church every week. By the way, I think you should. But not because of this commandment. What the word holy means is to keep it separate, to keep it distinctive from other things, to make it not normal, but a a day dedicated, a, a day consecrated to some other purpose. Now, if you're dedicated to the Lord, well, then that day will head towards what is commonly called religion. And so it makes sense that you'll be going to church on that day. But that's the consequence of Dedicating a day, of setting aside a day, but it's the rest day that you're to set aside. It's the idea of resting from your work that you are to set aside. The requirement, the commandment then requires us to treat the rest day as special, as different, as distinctive. Each week we should have a day which is not like the other six days, because this day is the special day, the different day, the consecrated day. Now, there is something very human here. I'm going to say something that's almost silly because it's such an assumption, it's such a basic concept of life that you must likely never thought about it before, but the Sabbath is very human. See, animals don't have a Sabbath day. Vegetables don't have a Sabbath day because Animals and vegetables, I cook minerals in as well, if you like, they have no sense of one day of the week being any different to any other day of the week. In fact, they don't even have a sense that there is a thing called a week. <laughs> Count to seven, let alone have a concept of, oh, that's one week, now we're going to start the next week. It's very human. And even though the created order needs rest as well, because the constant usage of our world is destroying our world, I mean, the growth in our economies, the growth in our wealth, the growth, it comes at the growth of exploiting the resources of the world as well. And God directs in the law that not only humans, but the land should be left fallow and not only the land but the animals should have a it's it's the whole of our family including our animals that really your livestock should be given a day off your livestock will never ask for it your livestock possibly don't even know that you're doing it they won't remember when it happened last time or anything like that they won't say oh it's 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 saturday now or it's sunday now we we will we will eat the grass differently today no It's we humans do it, but we humans, we need the rest. Our animals need the rest. Our land needs the rest. It is our responsibility to give to our animals and ourselves the rest that we need because we have been created by God six days who himself rested the seventh day. But how do we hallow this one day in seven. What do we do do or or what is it that we don't do? Well, first and foremost, we make it different. That's how to hallow it. We are not like machines, not like the fridge who runs 24 hours, seven days a week until finally it gives out. No, we constantly need to be taking a day off each week. But what do we do in the day off? Well, the second way in which we hallow it is we rest and don't work. Oh, you say, oh, that's pretty obvious, Philip. That's what the thing's saying. Well, it may be obvious, but this is the whole point. Six days you shall labour and do all your work. But the seventh day is a rest day, a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Notice the Sabbath day is the Lord's day. It's the Lord's day of rest. He rested from creation to enjoy the fruit of his work. He gave slaves of Egypt rest, taking them to the promised land, the land of rest. We keep the Lord's day when we do something different, when when we don't go to work, when we down tools, take a break, have a holiday. The commandment doesn't define either work or rest because it assumes that we know the difference between them and also because it's very hard to define work. There's all manners of kinds of work that different people do that, well, one person's work can be another person's pleasure. If my work is reading novels, then my pleasure can be reading novels, can't it? But you might find that, a hard job to be doing it's what what we what we work at we need to stop one day a week now that always raises the questions of definition what is work what is rest now, what is a day what is a week the pharisees the pharisees were people who always wanted careful definitions of the words of the law in order to avoid keeping the law, to appear like you're keeping the law, but to not. They they didn't want to know these definitions in order to keep the law, but to find the loopholes in the law so they could do what they wanted to do while appearing not to cross the, the rules of the law. And the Pharisees, lived in the first century. We read about them in the New Testament and they live in the 21st century inside your heart and mine. For we all have a Pharisaic view of life within us. We all want to know, well, what does it actually mean for me and do I have to really? So we we look for what work is or isn't or rest is or isn't or, or do I have to have 24 continuous hours? Could I take wednesday morning and friday afternoon off so i'm I'm taking a day off but i'm i'm not taking it as a continuous period or or do i have to do it on saturday what if i do it on sunday or friday or thursday is it or we ask questions about but there are certain jobs that shortly have to be kept going seven days a week i mean the emergency hospitals or or milking the cows or what about a mother? And her work, but how does she do this? And and what kind of rest does the English teacher take? Does this mean he mustn't read a book? Because, well, that's his work. So, and what about the cow that falls into the ditch? Should you dig it out on the Sabbath? (laughs) Well, of course you should dig it out on the Sabbath. And if next Sabbath it falls into the ditch again, then you should dig it out again. And if the next Sabbath, it falls into the ditch, look, you've got to fill in that ditch, haven't you? And what's more, if the cow keeps on trying to fall in the ditch, why don't you shoot the cow and have a barbecue? I mean, you can't use exceptions to avoid what the law is saying. That's what the Pharisees in us want to do. Now, let's go back. How, How to hallow the Sabbath. First, make it special. Make it different. Secondly, on that day, rest don't work but thirdly notice the commandment is not individualist the commandment is social and communal the seventh day is a sabbath to the lord your god on it you shall not do any work you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates that your male servants, your female servants, may rest as well as you. Work is a social communal activity. Work is a way of loving your neighbour. You provide certain things for your neighbour, your neighbour provides certain things for you, and so as a community, especially if you're a city dweller, you only do a little bit of the work of the city... But you share in the work of the city by providing what the city needs or some of the things or thing the city needs so that we can work together in providing life for everybody. It's not good enough that you rest. You must rest, yes, but as much as is able, as much as you can, you must give rest to others. In your household, in your business, wherever you are, you are to seek Not only your own rest, but the rest of others. It's it's bad that the rich workaholics can't rest. But it's worse that they fail to provide rest for the poor. Notice it's the servants who need to be given rest. And not only the servants, but also the sojourner, that is the refugee, the the student worker, the, the immigrants that they, in particular, need to be provided for. They need to have the day off. I don't know if you've visited philipjensen.com, but in the articles there, if you go looking in the articles, there's one that I wrote some years ago called The Land of the Lost Weekend. Because in our community today, we are doing away with the weekend. We're doing away with the communal day off we've been doing this for the last 20 or 30 40 years now we're being run by our economy and our economy is being run on a seven day a week process yes the poor person may have some time off we may say they only work 40 hours or 50 hours or something like that but the poor are the ones who have to work at the most unsociable hours they, they're the ones who do the shift works at night. They're the ones who have to do the weekend work. They're the ones who have to work when the rest of the community is enjoying a rest. But it's not even when the rest of society is at rest. It's, they often miss out on their children. With the time off the children, when they can be playing with their children, is the very time at which they have to be off at work. Can you see... Can you see the possibility of our society ever just actually downing tools for the whole day? I mean, we do it on a public holiday a couple of times a year, but what about doing it every week? Do you think our society could function that way? Well, it has in the past, and there's no real economic reason why it can't do it again. I mean, since turning away from being a Christian nation, we have steadily lost that sense of community time off now of course you can't be a christian nation but our nation imbibed the biblical view of sabbath up until well the 1950s now i've just mentioned the 1950s and that's a bad thing to mention isn't it because you mustn't say anything positive about the 1950s Either you're a progressive, and if you are, you know that it's axiomatic that the 50s equal evil, medieval in particular, kind of evil. And if you're a conservative, well, you don't want to be caught out saying anything nice about the 1950s because, well, then you're just seen as a reactionary medievalist, aren't you? And so you're trying to turn the clock back to the 1950s as if that were even possible, let alone desirable. But the point I'm just trying to make here that I think you need to take hold of and we need, to, we need to at least ask is that when we turned away from a society that had a Christian communal view of how we should live, which happened in the 1940s, shall we say, or the 1930s, it doesn't have to be the 50s. When we, when we turned away from that, we turned to a materialistic worldview an individualistic worldview, a non-social worldview. And that's a choice that has given us all kinds of benefits. But there are negative consequences as well as the positive ones. And one of the negatives, I believe, is that we've lost the weekend. We've lost that time when everybody had time off so that everybody could enjoy everybody in in the voluntary things that we cared to do. There was the time when around about noon on Saturday, everybody downed tools, the shops shut, the businesses closed, and nothing opened again till Monday morning. It meant like having a public holiday every week. Because it was a public holiday every week. And that gave people time. Time to rest, time to refresh, time to spend time with family and friends in activities that we showed that, well, we had the benefits of our work. What about the second question then, why? Why keep the Sabbath? Well, in one sense, because it, it had and has great social and individual benefits. It helps the society it helps the individuals in the society. Uh, The argument for maintaining a common community day off has basically been lost in our society. Uh, Everybody has left behind the so-called boredom of the lazy weekends when nothing was open and there was nothing to do. Rest often requires being in places where there is nothing to do. But for those who can't live with nothing to do, in order to spend time loving and caring for their friends and family, it was a terribly boring time. And so we have unwittingly become time poor and deeply stressed. Here in Australia, in our city of Sydney in particular, our Labour Party became progressive and has given up concern for the workers. Our Liberal Party became greedy and have therefore exploit the workers. Our society as a whole became hedonistic and individualistic, ignoring the needs of the workers. And so, well, our migrants, our our working class community, well, they're not really at the forefront of anybody's thinking. They don't need the time off that we high-pressured professional people need it's so sad really do read that article i mentioned in the philipjensen.com but why should we now bother with the sabbaths well for christians there are two reasons both of which are true for non-christians as well but the first is creation this is the way god has made the world We're not machines made to run 24-7. We're not required to work 24-7 to feed ourselves or our family. We're not made simply to work. We're made to enjoy the fruit of our labour. There's more to life than our work. Fancy, God creates life beyond work. He creates the holiday. And then he has to command us to take it in our perversity we'd prefer to find ourselves we'd prefer to find our meaning our purpose our significance in our work and not enjoying the fruit of our work and then we complain we haven't got enough time we lived our lives are stressed our anxious we've got a, a problem of, of of life work balance how can we do this uh, the second reason is heaven Strangely, the Ten Commandments has two versions, one in Exodus chapter 20, the one I read earlier, and another in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And they're the same as each other. Of course, they're the Ten Commandments, except they differ at one point. They differ on the commandment about the Sabbath and the reason for keeping the Sabbath. Israel was to keep the Sabbath because God has rescued them out of slavery in Egypt. That's in Deuteronomy. They are going to live in the promised land, the land that is called the land of rest. And so because they have been rescued out of slavery and because they are going to live in the land of rest, so they should keep the Sabbath. The slavery of Egypt was a life with no rest, long days, hard work, working like animals. It's what God had rescued them from. And what he has rescued them for was to live in the land of promise, the land of plenty, where they could have rest from all their labours. So every Sabbath, Israel was to remember their rescue and rejoice in their rest. Whenever they worked on the Sabbath, they were returning to slavery and they were rejecting their promised inheritance of rest in the land of God. And Christians, what of us? Well, the letter of Hebrew, especially chapters say 3 and 4, make clear that the rescue from Egypt and the trip into the Promised Land foreshadowed our rescue from our slavery to sin and our transfer into God's eternal rest. So that as we take a day off, we're celebrating that we've been rescued and more, we're celebrating our hope for the future our citizenship in heaven. For we're remembering that there's more to life than this present life. There's more to life than our work. There's more to us than our labours and this present world. For Christians, to fail to take the Sabbath is to die both our creation and our redemption. But I suggested a few moments ago that the reason for keeping the Sabbaths, well, those reasons are true for non-Christians as well. In one sense, that's obvious because all humans were created to work and rest, not just Christians because it's part of creation. So it's going to be in the best interest of those of you who are not Christians to take a time off regularly, consistently, a day a week. And all humans have been created in community, in society, into our families. In fact, you can't come into this world except through a family. So, It's in our best interest to have time off with others so that we can share life with them. But the Sabbath is also important to remind people that there's more to life than the materialistic worldview, the economic materialism that offers you nothing but ultimate slavery. There's an economic journalist in one of our mainstream papers that I read, and he wrote a few years ago about this. He didn't write as a Christian, but he said there is a contradiction at the heart of the way we organise our lives, the way government regulates society. Ask people what's the most important thing in their lives and very few will answer making money and getting rich. Almost everyone will tell you it's their human relationships that matter most. And yet much of the time that's not the way we and yet, much of the time, that's not the way we behave. Too many of us spend too much time working and making money, and too little time enjoying the company of family and friends. We live in an era, he continues, of heightened materialism where getting and spending crowds out the social and the spiritual. That's the way most of us order our lives, and it's the way government orders our society. It's not just Christians who understand this need, this need to regularly and consistently take time off. See, the problem of the work-life balance is the result of our failure in the work-rest balance. Because without the rest each week, the rest with our family, our household, our community. We have lost touch with eternal values. But as we rest each week, we're declaring our eternity. There's more to us, there's more to this world than this world. There's more to us, there's more to life than my work. There's more to society than the economy. The Sabbath is how God made us, The Sabbath is how God saved us. Don't miss out on the Sabbath. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have made us. We thank you that you have saved us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that in your creation of this world, you showed us rest. We thank you that one day you will call us to our eternal rest. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this new podcast from Philip Jensen at Two Ways Ministries. Philip will be bringing to you new regular episodes on a variety of topics and current issues. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up with his latest.